The first demand is that we have effective civil rights legislation, no compromise, no filibuster, and that it includes public accommodation, decent housing, integrated education, FEPC, and the right to vote. What do you say? Welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast. And it's your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans, simply being humans. And today is a special one. I have a guest who took took some time out of his busy schedule <laughs> to come on out here to cold. Actually, it's nice this weekend, but usually cold Chicago in the wintertime and come and sit face to face. With the kid. So I'm flattered first off, but also um, am so excited about the conversation we're going to have. Because I think it's a conversation I've t- like touched on, tapped in on, whatever, whatever. But I think now it's not only most necessary, but I think y'all going to really get a lot out of it. So let me welcome my guest. I have here with me a CAU alum, a, a renowned dancer of the... Honestly, probably the best kind of like dance fraternity sorority yeah. organization <laughs> being HA2. Um, and if you don't know, you you should get to know because I've always been a big fan. But also now he is an upcoming media personality and influencer of his, in his own right. Came all the way here from Delaware and I love it. He goes by Juice. How you feeling, Juice? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm oh, yeah. really excited. Oh, yes. This conscious ass podcast it's amazing yes 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 it's all about productivity <laughs> that introduction here. was amazing so i haven't been introduced like that before so oh yeah yeah get used <laughs> to it bro that's a good get used to it it's a it's look i do what i can i try to give it give it up and give it the real you know because in actuality it's nothing that i've had to boast it's all the truth that's you know the beautiful what? thing thank about you, it you know you, but no real talk i do love i did love do and still love ha2 I love, um, uh, and for those who don't know, it's House Arrest 2 Champion, yes. Dancing Incorporated. Yes, yes. Love it. Yes. My family. Yes. My my best friend, my best friend, Juwanza, tried to convince me to do uh, Dancing with the Dimes like a million different times. Where were you at? You should have came. I came to the entrance meeting. I came to the entrance meeting like one time. <laughs> What's up? Jeff Jeffrey was like, "Oh, you want to do it? You should do it. Both of y'all should do it." And I think Diamond Williams was like, "Oh, you should really do it. I want you to be my partner and all this that and the third. And I'm like, "Look, y'all, y'all don't even know if I could dance this that and the third. It was like, "Can you dance?" It was like, "I mean, I danced swing like back in the day." It was like, "That's good enough. You got rhythm. You can we can make something happen." If I'm you like, can "Bob your head on beat. That's all we need." <laughs> but see, the thing for me was like, I'm I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. I'm selfish right now because 
All I want to know is how to do the footwork and the AAO shit, and I'm good. Like, I don't need to learn nothing else. I don't need no clue. I want to learn that one thing. How can I be one of the ones who is on a stage that probably can only fit 20 people, but y'all put 40 HA2 members, Listen. and y'all all are footworking, ain't nobody getting kicked or knocked off it's that bitch. It's called dancing in your box. Woo! You know your personal bubble. That's one thing you definitely learned. I was amazed. <laughs> I don't remember which homecoming that was, but I swear it was all of y'all ever. On that stage. Those were, I would say those. You remember best, that? Those are the best years of my life. Yes. Yeah. And then like Jew Fetch, I would do it all over again with everybody, every other <laughs> HA2 joint. And just like, y'all all be on stage running around food. I was like, somebody has, <laughs> has not get kicked yet. And this shows you that they have skill around here. This is some precision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. That I've never seen. But I don't want to wanna rant too much. I do want to first talk about who you are. And, um for people to know who you are. And it's something I feel like I, I didn't do enough in the first few years because I feel like I just, you know, I admire the people mm-hmm. um, and just hope that people just go and look. But it's like, fuck that. I'm going to use some of this time to talk about the thing, the person that you are as well. And then we get into this conversation. So who is Juice? You know what I'm saying? It's First, where are you from? I am originally from Delaware. Oh, so you're from Delaware, yeah, too. Woo. Delaware. That's what everybody says. <laughs> why why did you go to Delaware State? State? Look it up. Um, honestly, because the thing with... I call Delaware a magnet state. Yes. Because your people will go to school there, or be there, grow up there, and then they'll try to leave, and they always end up coming back. Mm. Or they always end up like... Just never leaving Delaware. Like mm. most of the people I know from Delaware have never been outside of Delaware. Mm. So I was like, the first moment I get a chance, I'm out, out. Of here. And we have a program in Delaware called the Seed Program, whereas if you are from Delaware, you can go to school for two years free at like our community school, our community college, which is a really good community college. Mm-hmm. And then you can transfer to um University of Delaware, yeah. which is like the higher up university exactly and i was like no my mom was like yeah do it do it you won't have to worry about loans i was like absolutely not i'm cool as soon as they gave me that that cap and gown i was like peace out i was out of here exactly out of here and i was like i'm going all my schools i applied to were out of delaware every single one and i got into all of them but i ended up at the illustrious clark atlanta university yes lord Yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Yes, yes, yes. It's definitely definitely one of the best decisions I ever made. And I'm so glad to to have met all the people I've met and done all the things I've done. And what'd you major in when you were in school? Ooh, I had so many majors. I came for accounting. Okay. But the business school told me I had to cut my hair. Or I would probably have to cut my hair. Yeah, that was and they remember, told me the same thing. That was back then I had yeah. the long Yeah, they told me the same the bone thing. Bone straight stuff down yeah, the back. And yeah. I was like, Oh, have a great day. Yeah. And so then I went to psychology, which accounting wasn't it wasn't my passion anyway. Yeah. I was always really good with numbers. So yeah. I was thinking in terms of like what can make me the most money. Mm-hmm. Um then I'm like, well, let me do something I'm a little more passionate about. So I went to psychology. And though I was doing good and I was getting good grades, I was finding that the research portion of it to me was not like, like I had friends that were in that major that were excited to like do the research, excited to look up these cases and do these long papers and all that stuff. And I was like, that is not, yeah, I'm not excited not about it. this at all. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just do what I always loved anyway, which was theater. Um, I went to a performing arts high school, mm-hmm. Cap Calloway School of the Arts in Delaware, and I was a theater Damn, major. Cap Calloway, that's cool. Cap Calloway that's School cool. of Performing howdy, Arts. Howdy, howdy, oh. So I was at- <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. So I was 
I was a theater. I was one of them theater geeks. And I so when I, I was just like, let me just go to something I know mm-hmm. that I know I love. I've always loved. So then I ended up majoring in theater. And that's what I got my degree in. Was I love it. Theater. Mm, I love it. I love it. But it's interesting that you did. You already noticed that you have certain um, technical skills, too. You know, you yeah. got to know. You got to know yourself. You got yeah. really. But college did that for me. It really yeah. helped me learn. A lot about myself. Yep. The great thing was I didn't add any more time to my graduation date. That's it. That was it. That's like, it. That was the first question I asked for I changed. I'm like, is this going to... Yeah, because I'm trying to get out. Gonna, yeah. I'm trying to get out of here. Yes. Like, no, you can. I'm like, great. Change it. It's yes. fine. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad because that's hell of a thing. And I think that's... I'm some, I'm actually writing about that right now. It's something called post-grad blues. It's what I've kind of coined the the feeling of like when you leave school and there's like this wave of just like feelings that come over you where you question everything about you just did. If you are where you need to be. And I've noticed this and talked to people about it, about people who have left school with jobs, people who left, who graduate school, still trying to find one and they still feel that way. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. damn. Mm -hmm. So there's just a feeling that's just going to come regardless, like this quarter life crisis that come over you where you're thinking like, yeah, I know I got a good job or whatever, but like, do I really want to do this the rest of my life? Is there a third? Back. It makes you want to go back. It makes so, you want to try to like, figure oh, something else I just, out. If I would have just savored those moments mm-hmm. just a little longer. Yep. Did this or did uh, that or did whatever, did whatever. I major in the right thing. I yes. could have side majors. I could have took my grades and said, well, I could have. Mm-hmm. Like when I you kill yourself thinking that. Yes. Stuff, so I just be like, don't even think about yes. it. Yes. My, my heaviest thing was like, I, like, people within media were always drawn to me. People who were creative were always drawn to me. For a long time, I never considered myself to be a part of any of that community. I never mm-hmm. seen myself as creative or see myself as someone who does media. I was like, I'm a business dude or whatever. I'm a dude, you know, business, whatever, and all this yeah, and that. You was one of the and, ones. And so I'm always sitting in and I, suits and Yeah, but I think pea coats. Yes. <laughs> now that's still my shit. But Why I think what it up? what it is was um what I realized was that there's nuance to who people are. And I think what I noticed was when I was around in spaces in my business classes, I always brought flair. I always brought like this sense of creativity. Like we need to like make this look good. We need to make this like this. We need to make this like that. And then around my close friends who are creatives, I always kind of tighten them up and actually made things kind of look, brought things down from the clouds into the world. It's like, I know you want to do this, but you got enough money to do this. You can get it done, but this is what you got to do. So it was like this, interesting way that I could talk to both and kind of mm-hmm. bring spice to things that were bland and add some, you know, some some balance to the things okay, that already had spice. That you know what I'm saying? It was like, this shit too spice. Yeah, milk. Yeah, put some cream it. in this too. <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to uh, bring you on and talk to you because this year I really said to myself that I wanted to have more of the difficult conversations more of the conversations that I believe that people aren't having enough of. My favorite conversation. You know, and and anyone who has been listening to the podcast, and if you're new, a new listener right now, you can go back and listen to a, several different podcasts where I've were really sparked and kind of spawned the tagline of, you know, humans simply being humans on my show because I noticed I kept talking to people and it was really about kind of identity and about who they are as people. And it was certainly always a very individual conversation. And I felt like I was starting to capture the individual standpoints and experiences of, of these specific people and all that came with them. Mm-hmm. And um, this conversation, I don't want to even be a broad one, but one where I think is a, a microcosm or a mini example of what I feel like people can duplicate and do. 
So it's like you're me and you. with the words. Microcosm. You know what I'm saying? Come on, brother. Come on, brother. You're kidding me with the words. But it's, it's the truth. I, I, I want people to understand that this is not me trying to speak for all straight men. I'm going to talk about what I've observed. And I'm asking you to do the same. That's exactly. Because I, I want it to be a conversation of like who we are bringing into this conversation and us conversing on those things. And um, because I feel like so often we kind of like generalize these things and have made these broad stroking statements mm-hmm. and judgments to each other. And these things have only been perpetuated and have drawn us apart from exactly. each other. So I say all that to say this. I think this is definitely, I, I, I'm going to try my best not to get emotional about this, but I felt like I would Straight be. Out. There's nothing wrong. And no, no, I'm going to tell you why. Nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm, I'm not holding it back right now because <laughs> I feel like I haven't even said none of the things I feel like will make me even think about it. But I think for me, it's the, I, I've always been a person who has been raised and been kind of ingrained to see people as people. And my mom would say to me, even at an early age, things like... Shout out to mom for raising him. <laughs> we'll say at an early age, and I noticed in myself how I treated men who were older than me. Mm-hmm. I never looked... I never gave them, like, this extra reverence. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're this grown man, I'm gonna, like, ooh, you know, give you this extra... I'm gonna talk to you, like, I'll tell you my opinion, I'm gonna defend my opinion, I'm gonna come at you like this. the same way my mom and, always said that, and I'm like, I was one of them kids where yes. I'm like, you could be as old as you want. Yes. I'm giving you what you give me. If you give me respect, yes. I'm respecting you. If you trying to, trying to disrespect me... It's going to go left. Yes. Old or young. I've always been there, even since a little kid. And you got so much mouth. I'm like, it's not mouth. Yeah. It's, 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 I know who I am. Yes. And it's agency. It's, and I think I've always understood my agency. And agency, though, is a real thing. Yes. Like, people really try to, like, even like where I work, I work with a lot of older people. Yeah. And sometimes I catch them, like, talking to me like I'm their child. It's like, like you got to still respect me, though. I'm like, old as hell. yeah. <laughs> I'm a whole grown person. Yes. This is, uh, we need to have a discussion. Yes. We need to do something about this. <laughs> but the reason why I think it's going to be emotional to me, because I certainly, uh, I think being that way made me empathetic to the people that I met naturally, mm-hmm. because I feel like I remember being in church and like one of like a friend of mine who I grew up in the church with, kind of he came out and like, I think he it was interesting because I think he was bracing himself for it to be a thing. Mm. And then the yes. fact that, and then when it was, and when it wasn't, I think we both was looking at each other like, okay, I mean, you're gonna keep it on with the usual program, and like, yeah, we, we still, we still, like, we still going to the, you know, we still good. going to the movies, <laughs> we still, you know, we gonna, we gonna all go to this uh, church <laughs> trip together and whatnot, you know what you I'm saying? Here, yes, okay. and I think seeing myself react to it that way, but also be in a place and be around the complete opposite of that nature. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because the duality of me, I think, is the fact that I always have done what I wanted to do. So I, for me, I wanted to grow my hair. I've had, I've had hair since I was like in fifth grade. And that was always a thing. Like, why you want to keep your hair? That's, you know, for girls, whatever, whatever. People were childish, obviously. That's the crazy for hair. Hair, right? Hair to girl. I'm like, that's not a thing. And then and then when it came to just how I was and, and like me having like so many friends who were women and all these different things, like people are really quick to put, jump to these certain judgments of you. But then once they get to know me, it was like, oh, no, that ain't Rodney or whatever. It was like I started to become the exception to all these different taboos or things that if this guy does it, y'all going to jump, jump See, on his head like about you it. You are important. We need the exceptions because it shows people. Yes. Their eyes are like, OK, maybe what I thought was one way. It don't have to be that way. Exactly. And. 
a big thing was I literally I, I literally played football, but danced for five years for the same amount of time. Every year. Fun fact, I was on the wrestling team in high school. You know what I'm saying? Nobody would guess that from looking at me, though. When I, every No, time you got I a good build, it, though, so I see it. But every time I say it, I get the same face like, what? You? I'm like, oh, 103-pound division. Hey, come on now. Undefeated. Yes. Like, I was on, and I quit. I did, but that's because, you know, I was I was in on a team with a bunch of Caucasians and they weren't the cleanest. Yeah. And when I left, the whole team got ringworms. So there's my proof. Look at that. Look I at don't that. say stuff without proof. Look at that. But the point is, I was on there and I, I did a couple of tournaments and I won a couple of stuff. So. No, no, no. That, you got to count yours. Count and yours. I danced. So it's like the, the complete opposite. I went from sports team but, to dancing, which is a sport. And yes. it's, oh, I don't care what nobody says. Dancing is. is a sport. It definitely is. And it, I, I, I dance. I dance swing for five years and I've played football for uh from sophomore year through uh senior year and I remember like having to tell like sit down with my coach and be like hey coach I got a dance recital okay I got a swing recital I got a you know what I'm saying I got Practice a dance production or whatever all that you know what I'm saying I'm over here dancing to Christina Aguilera and all this nonsense uh candy pop and all but this I type bet of stuff. that made you better at the sport people don't understand how that I think stuff. It, I think it, it it if anything I think being in football made me better at dancing. See, I feel like for me, just because like I had the endurance, and I remember my like dance teacher, Miss Mona Lisa Lanier at Jackson, Tennessee. I don't know where she at mm-hmm. right now, but shout out to her. And I remember her like stopping the whole. She was like, "Y'all need to get with them. Get with Rodney and Khadijah. <laughs> y'all are behind. They are. are they gonna be done with the song and they be able to all walk off? Like y'all need to catch up. Y'all are not moving fast enough for this song." <laughs> And I'm like, well, you know what I'm saying? We do what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? But I think for me, it's... And then once I went, came and went to a place like Clark Lane University, it furthered that kind of... Uh, I don't know. I guess those kind of tests in a way. And like when I met people and was meeting people, the the common thing that I was getting was like, Rodney, you like naive as hell, but it's like cool. <laughs> and I was like, what you mean? It was like, because it was because they were just telling me about like this dude, like, I don't know if you was people, but he was kind of flirting with you, but you don't, you weren't seeing it like that. And you but was kind of I don't still. Know that's, that's not naive. That's just you having, when you have like an open heart and an open mind, people yeah. view it as naive. But it's yeah. not that you're naive, it's just you're not, you're seeing the person as a person. You're not yeah. letting all that extra like, pre-assumption get, yeah. on, get on your mind. Yeah. I so, mean, you coming to me talking about let's go and do this cool thing. I'm like, oh, let's do that, bro. Like, I'm with that shit. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, I'm not thinking past that. I'm not thinking like this is a way in or this is a something, something because I never put that on to people. And I'm like that shit with women. Like, with women, you got to give me the, the whole green light. You got to show me what a green light at okay. for me to know. You got to say it. Like, <laughs> it's cool. And it's not even like a protection thing for myself. It's just how I am. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to assume a push that, oh, you know, I know they're going to fuck with me because I'm, I am what I am. It's like, no. I'm the same way. I, wanna... I tell people all the time. I don't, into windows and like, hits. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm hit or miss. Sometimes yes. I get there. Sometimes I catch but it. But many times I don't. Yes, so most of the time I don't. you have to outright say what you want and yes. I will let you know. Yes. How yes. How it's going to go. But I think that what needs to be said is that what's going on in the world, I believe, is there is this weird separation of what there's almost a subgroup of what a black man is. Mm-hmm. You have, and it's all, it's not all because of us, but I think we have 
made it into our own things, which I think that's something that as black men, we need to take ownership of. And that is, yes, the white man made up this thing that fucks with us all. But the thing about it is we perpetuate the thing. And we make it our own. We make it worse. And we make it worse. <laughs> we got to understand that oppressed people gonna become can become oppressors too. Naturally, that's naturally that's that, that's the do. natural flow of things. You look for hurt people, hurt people. It's, it's you know, the, it's the bully mentality. Yeah. You're being bullied, so you're like, who can I bully? Yes, I don't like the way I feel. I'm yes. gonna take this out on somebody. I know so I'm not I high on a totem pole, so but I but I know I'm higher than <laughs> somebody <this> else <laughs> according to whatever they mm-hmm. feel and whatever they do. And I think. Um, for me, I think it's it's really interesting gap that people have created and perpetuated. And they don't see a black gay man. You, you, you dropping some gems here. And <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing for me is why? First you ask that question, why? And then you can easily answer for yourself by saying, you know, there's this connotation of weakness, this connotation of, you know, uh, being womanlike and all these different things. Mm-hmm. These things aren't these things don't start with you. These things are that you because you're keeping yourself to a standard. Mm-hmm. And then I will go even further to say this. Also, there is this thing that I because I wrote this um, thing for my women's studies class, my senior called the power agenda mm-hmm. and, the, and the, what I said within it. My key points were are about recent stories of like suicide from uh, trans trans uh, identifying children who were like committing suicide, and I was saying that I was saying that what's wrong with the world and patriarchy is that they see the LGBT community as being exactly themselves, and they're mad because they can't be, you know. So with black men specifically, you're making me look at myself in a way. And, and question certain things and see certain things and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. because I always have believed that black men have this missing piece of us, this missing sense of identity within us. And we and the crazy part about it is that, you know, black gay men also have to like have that and then also have to worry about the external I pressures of the world. I that black gay men are the strongest, I, I would argue the strongest individuals on the planet <laughs> because we have to deal with so much from so many different even our own people which I, I mean by black people yes um, we have to deal with so much conflict coming from every which every which away yes that we have no choice but you have no choice but to internalize yes and be like you know what I'm fine with who I am yeah. and this is what's gonna be now it's hit or miss that you do have some who crumble under the pressure and are uh-huh. like I just can't I can't but then you have some that are like, you know what? At this point, nobody likes me. I'm going to like my damn self. Yep. And then whoever rock with me, rock with me. Whoever don't, don't. Yeah. But and people, that makes people uncomfortable. And that makes people who are not grounded within themselves mm-hmm. very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then they take, they use, they perpetuate or push their uncomfortability on others. And that's mm-hmm. when you see homophobia and you see like that kind of stuff. That's yeah. just a person who's not grounded within themselves. I agree. Pushing those ideas on somebody else or pushing that uncertainty, that anxiety onto another person. And I think the biggest thing is that quote unquote, the definition of man is a real, real narrow box that I believe a lot of men have are trying their best to stay in and try their best to like fit within that box in the best way possible. And they're fighting these natural things about themselves, mm-hmm. you know? 
Well, um, I think I always said that I feel like my theory is, well, the black man, as it stands for what society tries to push as what the black man is, is this sense of like hyper masculinity. Yes. That actually evolves into toxic masculinity. Yes. And we take that on as like, that's what a black man is supposed to be. This hyper masculine, no emotion, no like any sense of effeminate nothing like no no yin and yang life is about yin and yang you yes. have you have um femininity and masculinity are energy yes and you have both inherently in you it's just a matter of whether you decide to to allow both of them to come through essentially and we've been taught as black men to take that feminine part to throw it out the window like nothing you you can't have no type of feminine energy about you mm-hmm. or that means that you're gay or yes. that means that you're this yes and that's what has pushed this hyper masculine but that all derives from slavery they saw us as beasts mm-hmm. they saw us as these um savage people and so they they pushed the white man pushed that that mindset of what a black person was, this this big, like in your mind, you picture this big muscular jungle, I'm I'm Tarzan, you're Zane, Jane, kind of like person as the black man. And we've just taken that and molded it, but we still keep it as like, all black men are supposed to be these thugs, Mm -hmm. all black men are supposed to be super masculine with no type of effeminate energy at all. Mm -hmm. And it just, it works to the detriment of black people as a whole. It doesn't help anything. Yes. And I think... The fears that people have, I think, are deeply rooted within looking at themselves, being honest with themselves. Like, and I think it's trippy and I think it's crazy because, yeah, people like, I think what it's only been one out gay football player being like Michael Sams. And we're talking about 50 something years of football. We're talking about, you know, what, 40 some years of basketball. We're talking about, uh, you know, president after president. We're talking about all these different things. Talking about very, just locker room culture as a whole. And we're talking about none of these people. Like, everybody was just straight. Everybody was just whatever. It's like, I know for a fact, because I have friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I I know a little, so I keep my ears ears to the street a little bit. I got the connects, and I'm very quiet, so people tell me they business all the time, which I love because I'm nosy. (laughs) But um, I I have friends who have messed with NFL people, who have messed with um, higher-ups in the government. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about senators and mayors and basketball players, actors, all these people, especially, and and I, I moved to the sports because sports is the one I feel like that really pushes. Like we are all like these straight men, to, and I'm like I know so many people that have had encounters or in whole uh, DL relationships mm-hmm. with NFL players, baseball players, mm-hmm. um, basketball players. Like it's a real thing, real. And, and it and it's. You have to kind of be in that world to know. But even like the basketball player, football player, whatever, their girlfriends know yeah. that they mess around. Yeah. But like, we'll be their beard like, look, just we'll be for the cool. sake of, I mean, you buy me, you you like, buy I'm, me these I'm purses. Taking care I'm, saying, I'm taking care of. I ain't saying nothing, but I know where you dipping off at night. I yeah. know who this is calling your phone. I'm yes. not going to say nothing. I'm just going to pass you the phone. Yes. Like, this is a real thing, mm-hmm. but it's crazy to me that we're still in a time where people like feel like they have to hide themselves. Like, my whole thing is mm-hmm. in 2019. Though. In 2019, I understand DL coach. I understand the reasoning why people are DL because mm-hmm. there is a lot of 
uh, homophobia in the black community. Yes. And it does come a lot from, in my opinion, the black church yeah. is one thing that definitely pushes homophobia. and um, but, but oddly positions it in the in it too. Like, you can't be the pastor, you can't be in the pulpit, but you can be the choir. You can, you can be the choir director. You can be the choir director. You, you can, can be, be the usher. You can be the usher. Be, everybody knows yeah. there's a couple people that's, that, yeah. you know, on don't the trustee bring, board. But also, don't bring your man in here. Okay. Don't be, don't be, don't be holding hands. Don't be holding hands. Don't get too close. You better not twist. You know what? That is crazy to me. It's mm-hmm. like, it's in our face, but we decide to like, not look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna look around and it ain't there. Yeah. We ain't really, and I'm like, yeah. this is, and it's really a reason I was raised in a church, and it's mm-hmm. really a reason why I don't go. Like I haven't been in church in years, yeah. honestly, because as growing growing up, I saw being that my grandparents were so involved in the church, mm-hmm. I saw like this double standard. Like yeah. we're pre- you're preaching about hating these people yes. or these people being sins or whatever, but then on the same token, I'm looking at one sitting right next to you playing the piano. Like, yeah. I'm so confused. It's confusing. Yeah. As a child, I couldn't grasp it. Yes. And as an adult, I just grasped what it was, which was, mm-hmm. okay, I see what's going on here. And there's nothing. I know pastors that mess around. Yeah. Or, or my friends that have messed around with pastors. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking of mega churches. Yes. And it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's really a yeah. thing. And I just want people to realize, like, this is all about a lot of, a lot of, I say that homophobia is really driven from, a couple forms of there's only two forms like really there's fear and that's fear of looking within yourself and finding something that you didn't think that you was going to find and there's also ignorance Mm -hmm. some people are just ignorant some people just don't have anybody in their life that has taught them about that way of life so they just they hear they let other people kind of tell them Mm -hmm. things and they just run with that and it's all about a lot of it is also about assumptions, mm. things that you think you know about a community based off of what you hear your friends talk about that yeah. aren't part of the community, mind Obviously. you. These are people that have their own um, inner demons that they're dealing with or inner, or inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you listen to what they're saying, but then media plays a part because, for example, in media, when they show black gay men, they're always loud. They're always super feminine. They're always, um, most of the time they're fat, but that that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> the point is, they always, it's this picture of this loud, creates, super feminine creates this monolith. A peaches. Mm-hmm. A peaches. That's what I call it from, um, I forgot what that movie is, but there's a guy in there named Peaches. Um, Which movie? Low Down Dirty Shame. Is that what it's Oh, you talking about uh, Peaches, um, what's his name? Was it Wayne? Uh, whatever it was. Him. I can't remember his That's name. That's a good example yes. of what the media pushes as a black gay man. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have anybody that's close to you, that's in that community, yes. you would take that on as, okay, this is how they are. This is what now, granted, is. there are people in our community that are like that, mm-hmm. but it takes you to run into the one person that's like that as your confirmation. Like, you know what? I thought this is what they were like and I ran into somebody like it. So that's what they are like. It's a blanket, a blanket where like we're all being, but but to, to to take to take black men to task about this, and I'm a, and I'm gonna say this for everybody who's listening, is when it comes to personality types and quote unquote monoliths and things like that, there are gonna be similarities. People, you all want to go work out, you all want to play basketball, you all want to watch March Madness right now. That right there is what it is. Like we gotta stop this. We gotta stop making it a convenient this kind of convenient sense of like generalization 
Yeah. Because it's like, when it comes to us, we don't want to be generalized. We want to be specified. We want it to be known that what I did was what I did and what that man did mm-hmm. was what he did. He did that crime. Don't see me as this criminal. Don't see me as this thug. I don't want to be this person who you just assume smokes weed yeah. when I come into the <laughs> come into the job interview. So don't do that to other people. And even if you meet if even if Literally, all the people that you've met have given you this energy of feel like this is the box they fit in to have a conversation with them. It's a chance and none of them probably would even be friends or seek similarities within each other. Like I have a great friend who I've had on the podcast, Orlando, and I remember Orlando telling me about how like when he when he like graduated and like moved away from home and everything, like a lot of his friends were like really into what he says, gay shit. As in, like, he was like, everyone like drag race, everyone like this, and this, and the third. I couldn't stand the stuff. And, like, I didn't know why I couldn't like it. I like it now. It it took a while for it to warm to me, but I used to think it was so annoying back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really peculiar because I feel like this is something that I feel like a lot of people put on you. Is that if you're gay, that means all gay things that people determine themselves to be gay things are things that you're going to also be associated with and perpetuating and feel and support and whatever that is when in actuality he's so far from that like I I love him because he is a man of exactly what he is exactly of his own interests knows exactly the person that he is but also oddly enough has this really interesting energy that I've seen in person how like he's told me all these stories about like these straight men that all of a sudden are curious now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like feeling the vibes, get a little drunk. And he's just like, bro, you good. And he was like, no, I'm not, I want to see some, I want to whatever, whatever. He's told me stories about this. I'm like, bro, that's crazy. It's not like I needed proof. But when I was around him one time, we just chilling and it's like a mixed crowd. And I just see the dude we just met. We, we both just met. Just yeah, like kind of in his face. I'm just like, oh, you need drinks. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you started peeping. Yeah, I was like, bro, you might fucking run and fuck, bro. Like, he was like, I ain't trying to, but he cute. I'm not trying to, because he was, he, 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 he cracks me up because he was like, I do not got time to be going through your whole thing. Because he's also told me those about those moments where it's been like a thing, where it's like, you, you're the one giving me this energy. I'm not, bro, you don't have to. Do any, I'm not even trying to make you feel like you need to do anything. And then they go through this whole weird thing with themselves. Like, like, look, I'm not, look, I'm not gay, but I, but, but I, 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 I don't know. What do I do now? I know that all too well. One of like, I will say when I was in college, one of the, um, this was somebody that was from back home. Mm-hmm. One of the first people I was in love with was struggling with that Yeah, and struggling with his own identity like he's like when I'm with you I feel like I could be myself I feel like I'm so happy this this and that but I can't because my family would lose their mind mind you had a whole lesbian sister but what's acceptable for women is not the same that's acceptable for men so you can't even so he was like oh they want my parents and this this and that that, that, that." and now like he's out in the world I haven't talked to him in years but I I hear he has a whole girlfriend and a whole baby Mm. like but I know really what's in his heart and what he really wanted to be yeah he really wanted to do but it's it's such a if, but see when he, once he put you on yeah it was then it, it was I didn't have to like it was like he told me that and I was like I believe it it, ain't, it, ain't, it don't take much because I do think you got a, when you a, saw a, it, a vibrant personality and I think what's interesting <laughs> about it is it's because he has that real interesting balance of energy mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. 
literally, if he dressed like me, you would probably not even know he's gay until he tells you. See. But the fact that he like is very, you know, very, very, very like like explorative with the way he dressed. He loves like mixing patterns and doing all these things, wearing tight things and all this and that and the third. So people try to kind of, you know, probably make that assumption about mm-hmm. him. Um, but I think it's beautiful and I think it's interesting as hell because it's like people don't understand that this is why they don't understand, you know, just homosexuality and just the everything past a heteronormative type of, you know, exactly. mindset because they haven't even talked to people. They haven't even really And that's what I had, say. The like, biggest thing is communication. Like, yeah. Just find somebody you know. And so I don't know how many. I have a lot of straight friends. Yeah. Probably more straight friends than I have gay friends. Damn. And the, the one of the main things I hear them say to me all the time is, oh, you're really cool. I didn't think yeah. you were going to be yeah. like. And I'm cool. like, what did you think, think I was, was going to be, be like? Yeah. And they're like, I thought you were going to be like super fan boy and I was going to be uncomfortable. I'm like, but you're assuming that because, well, I mean, based off of the way I have hair, you know, I'm. I'm a little prettier of a guy. So it, it, they automatically assume that about me. But then when they get around me, they're like, oh, okay. And, and you're not trying to, you're not trying to. Say, I'm like, no, no. I don't. Uh, straight guys are my thing. Like, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you're straight. Like, I'm going to assume you're straight. So you yeah. tell me otherwise. That's not a thing. But it's like once they, I, they, they ask me, my straight friends literally ask me questions like, mm-hmm. well, what about this? Well, what about this? And it, and it never, they know for me, it's not a place of judgment. I never judge them and be like, oh, well, you must be. Even I know some that have even explored and like, well, I don't know if I don't like it because I've never tried it. So mm-hmm. let me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a flirt with the idea of trying yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, this note. At the end of the day, it's your life. Mm-hmm. You live it the way you want to live it. You try something, you don't like it. Don't do it again. It's the same thing with anything. Driving, skating. Uh, I don't know. Anything. You try it, you don't like it. It's not your thing. Boom. Or sometimes you don't even have to try something to know it's not your thing. You just are like, I just know that's not my thing. That's mm-hmm. cool, too. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But talking to somebody, asking questions, you'll be surprised how much you will learn just off of asking what about this? What yeah. about that? Yeah. How about this? How yeah. about that? But like, but I think there is this, like I said, like to reference back to that hole in our identity. I think because that exists within us, because of our kind of our position within society and all those different things, I believe that there's this really weird and interesting, you know, protection and almost protection to, to a fault with, with any means necessary to protect whatever that is that they want to be perceived as. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, you know, it gets internalized and turns into violence and turns into these different things because you might have somebody who is down low and they do not want to let this thing out. And then it comes out and they harm the person. They've literally been sitting here all seeing every night. Or you have an instance where there's a man who is actually straight but the literal association, the literal like oh, connection to—that's a big one. I the see. connection to like infuriates him to the point to where I'm not gonna be able to like knock this quote unquote you know stigma label on me now. People really think this is a dude I'm really trying to fuck with, or a dude that's not even me, and this, that, and the third. And they literally are going through it and going through and it. People, and you know that doesn't just affect. The straight community that affects the gay community as well because there's a lot of gay men that don't trust straight men mm-hmm. that don't like you know when they get around them there seems to be this like hostile energy or yeah. this, like or too careful mm-hmm. being people people right. doing too like careful this, too mm-hmm, I think that's energy. condescending that's because too when you've been in those kind of situations where someone has 
you know, oh, you fucking with me. Like, we friends. Mm-hmm. And then somebody goes, oh, you must be gay because you hanging out with such and such. A. Yep. And they, like, completely will flip the script on you. Oh, no, I don't really fuck with that nigga. That ain't really my friend. Yep. And you looking like, what? Like, we hang out all the time? Like, and it mm-hmm. don't be on no crazy shit. It just be us, like, yeah. hanging. Yep. That shit scars you. Yep. And then it moves forward to you being like, I don't trust straight men because they they can't seem to get their stuff together. And that's another thing that we as gay men do that we shouldn't do, which is, I think anybody, everybody does it, is that blanket kind of brushing everybody with the same stroke. One person does it to you, then it must mean that the whole lot is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the same thing with straight men when a gay man will flirt with them or like try to like get at them. And they're like, oh no, I'm not with that. So then in their mind, a lot of times they feel like any gay man that tries to be their friend or be friendly to them is trying to get with them. Yeah. And it's, that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. You have to do, I think everything is a case-by-case case basis. Like, yeah. you have to decide what that person's intentions are that's and real. go from there. Yeah. And I, I want to, like, segue the conversation to one that I feel like we can combine the two. And that's not only about the homophobia that I feel like exists in the world, but also the unpacking of what this hate and this fear is. Mm-hmm. So... Anyone who knows, you know, you can Google what homophobia is. I believe that Twitter will tell you that there's probably 13 different different net, you know, definitions because you have people coming out every other month and every other week talking about, I know I said these gay slurs, but I'm not oh my homophobic God. and there's no way in my Shout body and <laughs> my body <laughs> and fiber and being and all these things. And I, I, I literally was just having a conversation with my girl right before you came about how like, I'm tired of people saying that about like being racist. How they always say like, there's no way in the world I could be racist. Like racist. there is a way. That's, I have black friends. What do you mean? That's the thing. There is a way. Uh, and I think people, it's not about normalizing the forms of hate and fear that we have for each other, but it's about being honest about it. Like, I have to say to myself and look at myself, Rodney, what are the things that you perpetuated that, you know, have possibly continued in the harm or the hate of gay black men? Because these are men who look just like me, mm-hmm. men who are going to have to deal with everything I got to deal with, then some. What am I doing to perpetuate mm-hmm. the very thing, right? But, so, but see, that comes from you're at an elevated level because you can go into yourself and say, You have to. Let me look at myself. Let me let me evaluate, reevaluate myself. Yes. Other, some people don't have that capacity. Like they, it must be everybody else. Yeah. Let me evaluate, what are they doing to make me feel like I have to do this but, in response? I'm going to tell you why that is. The exact reason why that is, is because I did not have the same interest as most just black, young, young black men growing up. So my mom was always a very trusting person of what I was into, whatever you want to be into, get into it. But for me, I always had, you know, I always had a lot of, you know, uh, women friends and girlfriends and all these different things. So the conversations that I was having were different. Mm -hmm. I wasn't only talking to women just to fucking when I was young. You was getting some gems. I was getting gems. We was talking about art. We was talking about this. Mm -hmm. I'm getting opinions. I'm starting opinions with these folks. I'm becoming more of a universal individual, right? And on top of that, I just... I never, I never allowed myself to only have that. And I kept a good balance of these things around me. It's like, I can go over here and get this energy and kind of, you know, shit talk and talk about this and talk about that and do whatever, whatever. But also I noticed uh, where I am now, I think I definitely am um, 
at a definitely a great level of conscious and I'm able to be able to check these things and bring in these different um, things. So when I am around just the guys and I'm, we, they talking about whatever they talking about and I'll be like, hey, that, you know, actually that's, some, you know, you, know you might want to think about that differently. You uh, might want to whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? That's what it's about. But, it's about accountability. Yes. And so I had to hold myself accountable and I think what I had to come into understanding was, was that I don't understand everything about humans and how humans work and what 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 happens and what and how these things are because I think I remember I remember being um, I think it was like freshman year and I remember being this discussion on like the Facebook page somebody started this fucking pretty controversial oh, discussion the Facebook uh, the right Facebook, Facebook page always the Facebook about like page. about like if homosexuality is a choice or if homosexuality oh, is born with Lord. it and I believe my stance on it was definitely this kind of like interesting like choice thing like this is a preference this is whatever this was whatever and what's crazy it was it probably put it all together it sounded nice but I was wrong like I probably made probably convinced a few people to make it make sense Mm -hmm. but I was wrong and I think that's the the harm that you can really push into these things because I feel like I've I noticed myself being a person that people listen to at an early age so me making something sound like it makes sense can truly make more people feel like they can push this thing on. That's where the accountability comes from. What happens is there's nothing wrong with having an opinion about something, a strong opinion about something, but you also have to be open to that opinion being altered or changed based off of the perspective of somebody else. And challenge. So while challenge. So while you may have an opinion, when somebody challenges it, if you're open to whatever their challenge of that opinion is, then you can always come back and say, you know what, guys? I was wrong. Yeah. This is, you know, my opinion was this, but now that I've gotten this information, my opinion is a little different. But a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people have an opinion and then even though they get all this other information that is contrary to what they believe, they are so steadfast and wanting to be right and wanting to be like, this is my opinion. I don't want to, you're not going to change me. That they just keep pushing that even though they know they're wrong. It's crazy. And even past that, even when you've admitted it and held yourself accountable, that's the first step you've done, right? What we've seen with the Kevin Hart situation (laughs) is what I noticed was this is an example of a person and a lot of people agree with him because what they believe that the way that I say that I'm sorry to you, mm-hmm. that I've done something wrong to you depends on how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like if I did you wrong, if I stole money from you, that means I can decide that means the way he's thinking about it is I decide how I can make it up to you. Right. Right. I'm going to give you a little bit of your money back whenever I want to give it back to you. And you better not bring it up again. Yeah. Oh, my. That was a good analogy. You hit the head with that. I'm trying. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do a little something. But that, and I think that is a, a, a thing that I feel like people need to get grasp just abroad in society is that when you do something bad, the consequences of that thing you have to deal with. You have to deal with, and you have no choice or no control over what that is. Well, and if you have to literally wear a fucking t-shirt every day for it, do it if you, you know, really are I, sorry. That Kevin Hart situation, I had you know I, my opinions on it, and I got so much grief for it because people were like, well, people apologize the way they feel they can apologize. I was like, that's not true. Yes, when you're really sorry, when you've done something wrong, like you said, the consequences that come you have. 
have to deal with. So you made these statements. You're really sorry. If you see people are not, if I don't care about that, he's like, well, I'm not apologizing more than once. If I'm really sorry about something, I will apologize every day if y'all need me to. If it will show y'all that I'm sorry. It's the same thing with a man that cheats on his wife. Yes. He does not get to decide how Don't bring that shit up again. Sorry. Like, I said, I'm sorry. That's it. No. If she says she wants flowers every single day, you are going to go out and buy. If you're really sorry, you're going to go out and buy them flowers every single day just as an action to prove to her that you're sorry. And I feel like with him, the problem was... There was it wasn't in my mind. Yes, it was not genuine. It yeah, was just somebody so who. What I think happened with him was people like to come down on gay people a lot, but what they don't realize is a lot of these top people that y'all have to answer to when y'all start getting up really up there in the money in Hollywood are especially. gay. Yes, especially in Hollywood. Yes, and I think what happened is now that he's segueing out of um, what I'll call the Chitlin Circle, which is you know yeah. just being in these black films on these black. Now that he's starting to get white people's attention, yeah. as he's getting higher, he's realizing he these same take. people that I was kind of yeah. putting my foot on. Now they're at the top. Yeah. And they're and they don't forget. Now yeah. they may not bring it up, but they don't forget what I said yep. however long ago. So yep. now that I'm getting to the top, I'm realizing the same people I offended are up here. Mm-hmm. So let me try to make this right just so I can get this check. Yeah. Rather than let me get this right because I really am seeing what I said is harmful. Yes. So I think that's why a lot of people did yeah. not accept his situation. And even and to add on to that, I think People got upset because they brought it back up, which I think is a, was a weird thing that happened. But I also say that we all got to go through a background check when we get a job. We all got to go through certain things. And if it even if it is and it comes from a place of negativity, you still got to answer for it. You still did it. It still happened. It is what it is. If you really have grown, and I, I was, I remember arguing with my girl about it. I was, she was like, she was like, he sitting here saying this. He was like, do you think he really grown? I was like, honestly, no. Because we don't know. Come on, brother. This is why I'm here. Like, how do, how, like, you know what I'm saying? Because how (laughs) he's sitting here saying he's grown, but that's the right thing to say. How do we know you've grown? That's a change in behavior. Action. That's my thing. Where is the action? And you know how you, you know how you, you know how you can show that? If I was Kevin Hart and I know I'm grown and y'all brought this thing up. First off, I'm not going to give you the energy as if I'm annoyed that you're asking me to apologize again. I thought I was thing. the only person getting it. I'm like, is he annoyed because he has to apologize? Yes. A thing? And then once he started <laughs> apologizing, going on his apology tour and for and literally for promoting a movie and they was talking about I'm that. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about it again. I'm not going to talk about it again. I said I'm sorry. I'm sorry again. <laughs> what? And I'm sitting looking at the screen like, what kind of apology is this? But it's the fact of that energy on top of where's the proof? If if I and I, I remember I said this to I said this to I remember I said this to uh to Juwanza about the whole Nate uh Nate Parker situation around he was um doing the birth of a nation and all that Ooh. stuff came out and folks was like they trying to bring down a black man bring I was like you know you know what he should have done you know what he should have done because first off he is so toned that to his own past. Because he didn't sit here and make a connection to the inserted rape that he put into a film that did not even exist or he could prove it. And he is has some actual real life association to literal sexual abuse and rape. You don't think a critic, you don't think anybody would try to make that connection. That was crazy to me. I'm like, yeah, okay. And so what do you <laughs> what do you do with that when now that it's came out? Now that you didn't get in front of it, what do you do now? You now get behind it. You get you get behind it by doing what? You say, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. 
I'm going to make sure I associate myself with some of these organizations, mm-hmm. get into the get into Give it. Give back to the very community that you ostracize. And what Kevin Hart, what Kevin Hart should have done was show if I am changed. I've I've hired so many different people. I've done all these different things. And the thing about that is that people don't want to understand. So you can set it right there. Um, people don't want to understand that, like, I don't know where you could put it. Um, let me see. Let's see. Maybe right there. The thing with him is that he did not do it right. And he could not show any proof of growth. Oh my God. And he that frustrated. The proof's in the pudding. I don't even like pudding, but I'll taste it if there's some proof in it. You know what I'm saying? That's the point. So if you <laughs> if you really are not homophobic, because I, I think a lot of people see growth as you abstaining from doing a certain action that got you into this situation. Mm-hmm. So, but we've seen this with people who are racist. We've seen this with people who are sexist. I'm going to just not do it. I'm going to just keep it to myself. And I'm going to just what? do it at home. Do it behind closed doors. Do it in selective mm-hmm. groups and circles where they'll let me get some niggas off, get some bitches off. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I want to do. Say what I really want to say. Yeah, say what I really want to say. Yeah, because y'all too sensitive. Y'all whatever, whatever. But I always push back to that whole notion of like comics who are saying that because it's like, you know, it's interesting. You know who I also see it being sensitive? You. Oh my God. You being sensitive about people not liking your <laughs> jokes and feeling a way about your jokes. Yeah. We all we all have gotten to this point as a society. And that's a good thing. It's it's a part of growth. My thing is I respect people that stand firm in what they believe. If you are homophobic, listen. Be if you wanna be homophobic, stand in that shit. Yeah. Be homophobic. And I but know who you are. If you're gonna apologize, then it needs to be genuine apology. Don't apologize just for the sake of apologizing because you're trying to get yeah. a certain look. Yeah. Apologize because you really want, you're really sorry about what you did. Exactly. If you're going to be a racist, be a racist. Stand in that stuff. Don't fuck with the niggas. Yes. But get don't over apologize there. to the niggas on Oprah. Don't do that. And still be doing some fuck shit and on the, the side. Like, yes. that's the part that kills me. I yes. can respect somebody that stands firm in what they believe. What I don't respect is somebody who is wishy-washy or is... Mm-hmm. Faking to be one thing. And trying to use you because that's another thing. Uh, And I think a a big thing that I kept seeing, um, shout out to, I think his name's um, like George Johnson on uh, Twitter. I think he was on the uh, episode of Grapevine. Yeah, George. George. My friend George. Um, George. On that Jesse Smiley. And also, I can't remember his name, but it was uh, the man man who, uh, he was kind of fair skinned. He had like a puff. He had a bun in. Oh, shit. I forgot his name. I'm gonna I'm I'm make sure. I'm gonna make sure. Make sure I remember what that is. But um, look him up and follow I'm him. I'm really but, bad with names, y'all. But um, but him and both of what they were saying, you know, just kind of talking about how like how it's interesting, just about you know the way that kind of like black men treat black straight men treat other black men who just so happen to be gay, and I think it's like extremely interesting, and I think. There is this specific thing. And I think within that conversation with Kevin Hart, there was this real interesting kind of upheave between, you know, everybody was on to him. But it was like I would have appreciated, too, if he did specifically talk to gay black people because y'all supported me, too. 
Like y'all were to come to my what, shows before I wasn't nothing. You know what's crazy? Yeah, that's what y'all I were at my said. shows when I had these jokes. Right. Even so, even with when I was on Grapevine discussing Jesse Smollett, I was looking at a lot of the comments, and a lot of comments were, "Well, it's not straight black men's problem to fight gay black men's problem." But that's the problem. And I was like, "Who's saying that your problem is separate? Because this is my thing." For me, how I feel is gay black men have always come to the aid of straight black men. Mm-hmm. My per my example, I always say people be so tired of me um, saying this man's name, but I had to do like a ten page paper for about him and when I went to Clark mm-hmm. and Bernard Rustin. Yes, Bernard Rustin was a activist. Yes, was just a pillar in activism. Yes, and he was a gay black man. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty much behind what pushed Martin Luther King to this nonviolence kind of marching mm-hmm. um, situation. And a lot of people don't know that. And I'm like, we always have been in the background yes. helping push forward the, I guess, the um, the rights of black people as a whole. Yeah. Whether it be black, which black men benefit and black women benefit. Yeah. But we're speaking specifically yeah. to black men and they've benefited from things that we've done to push them forward but then when it's time when the when the ball switches the court and it's time when something happens to us yeah it's oh well that's y'all fight to fight alone now what if we took that same stance on things that we felt like were not lgbtq related yes then it would be a standstill of culture yes for a black community and i want to i want to i want to get your opinion on something something i've noticed and i think i noticed it the most with the jesse smiley smiley um mm-hmm situation was in a society we have so many things that are against us and are set up against us right and we want we wish we could just tear those things down we wish we could just change those things in a day Mm -hmm. i think that has made us be extremely reactive to the things that we feel that we can have some effect on some control over so we off all have our Twitter fingers and all can have opinions, all can band together and come almost a mob to come down on a specific personal opinion. And it's not even just, I think cancel culture is a sub of that, not even just that thing. But I think when there is this win, when there is, people have seen it as this kind of, you know, I'm on one side and you're on the other side. Now I got to win this thing because this thing needs to change. This thing, needs, about this, win. this thing needs to come out to the truth and this thing needs to whatever, whatever, because we don't ever always get things. We, mm-hmm. you know, Trayvon Martin happened, all these things happen. We, don't ever get justice. We don't ever, we're never on the right side of, we didn't have the best assumptions or whatever it may have be. And I think with Jesse Smollett's situation, I thought it was interesting how many black straight men who were immediately dismissive of it, but not only that, once they started to feel that they were getting uh, kind of, you know, some type of reassurance that what they, what their suspicions were, were correct from the- really doubled down. The Chicago police, they was like, now I told, now when all this shit come out, I want to hear apologies. Y'all need to answer for this nigga. Y'all need to let us know if this dude is out of the paint. Y'all need to exert him from the black community. It's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? But see, what people don't get is- and doing, you think, I think people really think the separation happens in our community. Yes. That we understand that there's a separation. Yeah. That there is this gap between black gay men and straight gay men. Yeah. We understand that in the black community. Yeah. But when white people look at us, when Asians look at us, when any other, anybody other than black looks at us, they do not take the time to find out if there's a separation between black yeah. gay men and straight gay men. Yeah. So while you're pushing like, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew he was wrong, ah, doing all this, 
all a white person sees or anybody else other than a black person sees is a black man. That's it. So what you're contributing to is the detriment of black men. You're hurting us, yourself. They paint us all with the same strokes. While you think you're really hurting me because it's, in your mind, there's a separation between me and you. You're really hurting yourself because yes. when they look at you, they're looking at you as me, mm-hmm. as we're one. We're all brothers. We're all black in the yeah. same Situation. They're not deciphering gay between straight, between, you know, trans, between anybody. They just see a black person. And that thing, it was something that uh, I believe uh, the gentleman, I hope it was name, I forgot, he said something that was vital. And that was like, and I think him and George said something to it. And that was like, to the effect of, if, I think it was actually, it was George who said it specifically, if this was a situation with a straight black male entertainer that we all knew, we would not question it. We would immediately be suspicious of the Chicago PD. Look at R. Kelly. Look at R. Kelly. Good. And, and, Somebody and I, bring up R. Kelly. We are. We are. We are like. <laughs> we are really too close to this because we in Chicago, so we fuck around and catch a nigga at McDonald's, both of them, and or maybe Subway. Okay. Subway. <laughs> but Eat no. Together. That's, right. that's the real kick. Ew, that's ill. Okay. But no, I think that's that's a great example of like we will do all of what we can to make sure that this black man. It's propelled and pushed up and we don't even recognize and I put we as in we straight black men don't even recognize the support, the tip of the pyramid that we are that we are being pushed up to stand on because patriarchy has placed us there. And the crazy part about it innately, innately because of that system, black gay men and black women of all sexualities push us up and protect us. You was hitting exactly what I was about to say. They push us up and protect us. Not even on purpose. It's literally like I'm not about to allow this injustice to happen to somebody that is like my, this is my brother. This is my cousin. This is my father. And so, but when it comes to this specific situation, there is this interesting separation that comes within it because they can, because white men separate white gay men mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things because when it depending on what it is mm-hmm. when it comes to places of power they might not give a damn that's very true because money is money oh, money is money it's so money. you if you, you they don't times. give a damn who you money fucking money. they don't give a damn who you fucking <laughs> which I, isn't isn't Tim Cook gay the uh, CEO of Apple is he? I think he might be. He probably could be. He may be. I can't. I feel like I don't know. I might. I might be putting. I might be putting that on him. But but yeah. Yeah. You know. I don't either. But um. I don't keep. I don't really keep up with a lot of too much white news. Yeah. Uh. But um. But I. But just thinking about how they can move and how different it is for you know us. And I say us as in because that's how people need to start to think about it. Us. 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 It's us. So when I see when I see this thing with Jesse, I I, I didn't like, if you notice, like I didn't do any react. I used to do reactions all the time on my page. And this is reaction worthy. This this is a lot this of shit. Big. This, is, big this is a big thing. Big but for me, I was sitting there thinking like, this story keeps changing. And I, I personally have not liked when I've done a reaction and then I'm wrong. I'm okay. not about to go and do a retraction. I'm not a newspaper. Not I'm not about to do that. I'm not about to do none of that. Yeah. And saute it. Crow does not taste well. It, it, it tastes real bad. Palate. It's just nasty. I, but I was the same way. I, I didn't... I, I, will, I, I will go on record as saying I did not agree. I did not decide he was innocent nor decide he was guilty. Now, what I did do is give him the presumption of innocence yeah. of guilty as we're supposed to have. Yeah. But I chose personally not to speak on it just because I didn't know everything. And I also knew and was conscious of 
the effect it would have on not only the gay community, but the black community. As a whole. So I said, I'm just going to not say nothing. Yes. Until a, until a jury tells me that he's guilty. It is what it is. That's still my brother, both in, and in I, gayness and in blackness. And the one thing I want to point out is that lieutenant, right? Mm-hmm. That lieutenant is a black man who was adamant about making sure this case was somewhat, quote unquote, allegedly solved, right? You got all these murders unsolved. All these murders, on, all these scandals, all these things uh, happening. We in the middle of a man. We trusting the Chicago PD. That's the first question I asked on the, I mean, that was a question I was asked on the grapevine many times. Like, we was like, when did people start trusting the cops? Especially like, them. We, we were Especially all on them. the same page. Now, gay, straight, and trans, anybody. I think we were all on the same page when we decided... We cannot trust the police. Not at now, all. Now, not that we're painting them all to be these bad guys, because we know there's some good ones in there. Yeah. But on just in general, we as need to inst- be cautious as of the information the yeah. information we get from police yeah. and how we interact with the police. Exactly. And we went from that to being, oh, they had a press conference. They're right. He's guilty. Yeah. And I was like, are we having the same conference? But oddly <laughs> enough, oddly enough started changing the story after they already in, already put him on charge. Now the check was not for Now him. the check was not for this. Now, the, now, I, now we don't know if he did directly send this, this letter point, to Fox. Some little old lady could have hired these men. Who knows? But I'm know. like, that's why I'm like, it's, it, it was crazy to me watching people jump to conclusions, watching people jump to, it, was, it really was insightful for me yeah. to see. It was a lot of people I unfollowed. I'm not going to lie because I saw uh, homophobia coming out of them it's just strong. off this situation it's because strong. they used this as a as a gateway to be able to say what they always wanted to say yeah. what they always really felt. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I see... They're weaponizing. They're weaponizing identity and weaponizing this, that, and the third. Oh, this like, is the bullshit. And I'm like, y'all got it. Because cause for me, I brought it down to this. Okay. If he did this at the end of the fucking day, what harm... Did he cause he anybody? He but himself because he's the only person that's never going to be employed again. He's going to be the foolish one. He's going to be the one that needs to like reassess Yo. himself and see himself as like you would need this cry for help, this cry for attention. All you, you went through the worst route to do a certain thing. But my thing is, where is this energy? It's so funny. I feel like as a black community, we're so used to, we take on this idea of the crab in the barrel beating each other down sure. to get to the top. And it was so funny to me as, as a black community, we just, as a wave, there was a wave of people that was just coming down on him like, Jesse, you shouldn't have did. I was like, where was that same wave when we figure out that you know, these white women are lying on these black men saying that they raped them. Yeah. And, and then these men are in jail for years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, like, where, where is the same? Oh, better yet, the, literally just last year, how many white people called the police and filed false police reports? Where was this wave of anger as to people not even being able to sit in their own dorm of a school that they paid tuition for and fall asleep? And that girl got the cops called on her yeah. just for falling asleep in a dorm she paid. Yeah. Because we're talking about we talking about the difference between two days trending and this shit going on for three for the whole month of February. I feel like I've been in this. Yeah, it the was. Pol- the polar vortex was the first week of February. Yes, it was. A and whole we month of February. and it, it went all the way to the end. Yeah, it's February and short it's month. Still going. We're still getting a little. That's we're still getting a little. Thing. It'll calm down because it's indictments. But I want everyone to know, black men included. I bet you was sucking the sour sock when you found out this man was charged with sixteen <laughs> accounts. And possibly is facing 64, 70 something years. For a simple lie. Now, I understand it was a very serious lie. 
But who in is essentially he paid if if this is true, he paid somebody to beat him up. Yes. Who did he hurt? No property damage. No property damage. No, no, the only no. person damaged is himself. That and is he it. He has to deal with the the repercussions of that come with his career. Yes. That come with all his wasted money because clearly the the plan didn't work. Obviously. Um. But if like, it's true, who did he who did he hurt that yes. he should go to jail for for up to fifty years? Because each count holds three years, exactly a maximum of three years. I think mm-hmm. up to fifty years for a simple lie. Yeah, when there's a uh, I don't know if he's a senator. I forgot what his position is. Whatever, but he's in California, and he too. Young uh, black Buck. gay man, Ed Buck. Ed Buck. Has, yeah, he's not has, even a politician. He's he's, not, he's he's a politician influencer. That's what he is. Yeah. Okay, they, they have found two gay black men in his apartment dead. Yep. Dead. Yeah. And he hasn't been indicted. For it's been so thing. much of a not even a side eye at him. Yep. There, there's people that's come forward that said, you know, I, you know, I was over there and he tried to drug me and I just didn't overdose. But I know the type I of shit left and I, but I know that he's into that, so that's why they're overdosing. Mind you, both of these people were found overdosed in yep. his house. So where they're getting the drugs? Yeah. And there's people come forward saying he's giving them the drugs. Obviously. And we've heard nothing. Not yep. a nay. Not a, a a nothing. And there's and. The black community still hasn't come. I'm like, where are y'all at? They did strange. have some type of protest in front of his, um, in front of his apartment building, I believe, yeah. a while ago. But that was mainly made up of black gay men yep. and their real allies. And I say real allies because there's a difference between a real ally and a fake ally. Yeah, their real allies were out there, but it wasn't as a community as deciding he's killing. Not take the gay out. He's killing black men. Yeah, he's literally murdering them. Yeah, and going about his business. They're yeah. coming and taking the bodies and he's bringing a new one in. Yeah. That to me was crazy that that was not a thing. I just want everyone to understand you hate, some of you really truly hate gay black men and this is deeply rooted within several different layers of things from you not understanding and having some sense, some sense of self-hate because you can hate this black man and you can't see yourself then you see them as something different. You see them as something outside of you, not like you or not like what you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of what is going on. And it's a perpetuation that needs to end, needs to stop. Um, it's something that I tr- truly will do my best to put energy towards and speak words to and support. Because I feel like I remember um, last Pride. uh <laughs> And I remember I had like posted this post just to kind of like shouting out folks and just saying all these different things. Say I remember that. And I remember people. I remember people coming in and kind of commenting and saying little, you know, like this is so great that you did this. I was like, y'all, that like that's the that like I don't know if I, I'm wrong for having that stance, but like I don't want praise. For, I don't want a cookie for this. But you know what? It's because you know in a drought of not having support, yeah. not having this, not yeah. having that, seeing it, yeah. it really it really does bring you to an emotional place. You're yeah. like, you know what? And, it, and it's, it shouldn't deserve praise, but it does deserve praise because no one else is doing it. Yeah. So that's where the praise is coming and, from. And, and, I had, and I had to take it like that. I think I was one of the people that commented. You might like, have been. I can probably find. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Thank you for this. Because <laughs> I, I wanted, I, I not only meant it, but it was kind of like, because I, I, I'm a firm believer in like, especially when there's a designated time and space why don't we just lean into it? Why don't we get into it? Why don't, why don't we get why don't we get discounts for February? A lot of people why don't, don't we... lean because they're afraid they'll fall. And what I always say is a lot of this when you when I go into a room 
And I will say that that being a gay black man, mm-hmm. when I go into rooms full of straight black men, I am very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I know for a fact that people are judging me, people are looking at me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm not going to show I'm uncomfortable because you know Carmen, who's my mom, ain't raised no bitch, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm, I do be very uncomfortable because yeah. I know that that at any moment somebody could something could rise up that would have to the cause me to kick somebody's ass and yeah. defend myself. Yeah. But I say all that to say, usually the person that's in the room talking the loudest about gay men saying, oh, you know, this isn't that making the, the funniest jokes, making the loudest jokes. Usually there's somebody who really sees a reflection of their self in mm-hmm. this gay man. And they trying their best to fight. Or might be very attractive. I used to I used to work in a barbershop. Mm-hmm. And um I will say later down the line, someone told me that, you know, I think some people in the in the barbershop, because they used to make little jokes too, but I was young, so I used to just let it slide. Yeah. But somebody told me like I think a few of them probably wanted to to get with you yeah. on the low. On the low. And it made them so uncomfortable that the only way they could segue from that is to make you feel bad about yourself exactly. and make you and try to like well, maybe you know, like Some, just make jokes. Who like, you are is like wrong. a nervous laugh. Yeah. So instead of a nervous laugh, it's a nervous joke. It's a nervous, mm-hmm. you know, discrimination because they yeah. really fear within themselves. And yeah. I'm like, just be you. At yeah. the end of the day, no one is even saying. I don't even believe in you having to say that you're a gay black man. Yeah, I know some shouldn't. men who say they want to marry a woman who fuck around with with men. It at this point in in life in 2019, I think we're all just sexual beings we're all just fluid beings yep. you really just do whatever you want to do when you want to do it and you don't have to explain yourself to anyone mm-hmm. I literally live my life by the fact that if I explain something to you that's because I feel like it yep. I don't have to I don't owe you anything exactly. I don't have to explain nothing to you it's on if you. I want to fuck around with dudes that's what I'm going to do if I want to fuck around with girls that's what I'm going to do if I want to be open and public about fucking around with dudes that's what I want to do if I don't I don't have to. Yeah. And I feel like the moment people start realizing that, they will really be a lot happier. True. Because their inner selves will be able to be out. Yeah. And be, they'll feel more free doing the things they really want to do, even if they're not telling everybody that exactly. they want to do it. Exactly. And, and like, I'm glad you said that because it was one thing I wanted to say about like, because I hear it so often when you're talking about just hate from different just angles or just homophobia or just just this ignorance to certain things. I, I think it's interesting how you have so many, you know, you seen it insecure about how like you find out this this man that you dating did had a mm-hmm. had a homosexual experience, and now you just like, oh well, he must be all the way this way, and this, that, and the third. Let me give you all, let me give all the ladies who are listening because I know y'all listening an example of fluidity. Shout out to the so ladies. we so we're talking about how many situations do you know. Because DL is really the proof. Being DL is really the proof of those things. There's countless and countless women who have wrote, who have wrote stories and told stories and ha- are li- currently living in experiences now where they did not know the man that they married, had children with, loved, had all these experiences with, also wanted men too. He was fucking the shit out of her and Brian too. <laughs> and that is something that is possible. You know what I'm saying? That is something that is possible, and you and and she will be hurt and surprised because she knew she knows, she knows. that that was real love. She knows that, that he loved me too. He loved me. He loved but also, there's this part of him he cannot satisfy. And on top of that, and this is why I support folks who are in like kind of polyamorous, uh, you know, 
polyamorous situations. I don't believe I could personally do it, but I support it because you people need you know people need people. Yeah, I don't like to share. That's me. I don't like to share. I'm selfish. But but do do yeah here. do do you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, do you. If it makes sense, do you. I don't know how it makes sense, but I'm going to assume that you got it. It sells mine. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So that is how fluidity works. And we all are on different levels of it. You know what I'm saying? Don't be afraid of it. Don't run from it. Speak to it. Lean in it. You know what I'm saying? Lean Lean into it. (laughs) And But to move on to our last kind of uh, points, what I want to say about all of this is that about this whole topic when it comes to Jesse and Kevin and so many different people is the lack of interaction and the assumptions being made are truly this very ignorant thing mm-hmm. that erases a person's humanity because we put a trait, we put a character, we put these uh, characteristics that we believe are you know extremely permanent and just you can only be in this box, you can only be this way. That means you're going to be like this, you're going to be hypersexual, you're going to be like flamboyant, you're going to be this way, you're going to be that way. And then once you st- and so many of y'all have seen the differences within that and still don't want to believe in what you see. If you really, I just feel like if you really open your mind to different things, you'll be surprised how people can surprise you. I have, like I said, I have so many straight friends. Yeah. And in the beginning, they're like, I don't know about this. But then after they hang out with me, they're like, you know what? Fuck that. We going out. We doing this. Yeah. I've had straight straight friends who have come with me to the gay club. Like, be like, where are you going tonight? I'm like, oh, I'm going to this club, but it's, yeah. you know, it's gay night. All right, I'll come. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you sure? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I know who I am. And it's a club. It's music. I yeah. mean... If somebody come at me, I just tell them that's not my thing. Yeah. And that's literally what they did. They they opened their mind to a whole new literally you just have to be open minded. And to it be. takes that one person for you to 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 speak to that one person that will change your mind on some things. Yes. And maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you'll discover a part of yourself you didn't know. Cause I know a few people who didn't they didn't start off being like who now are identified as gay men or whatever, mm-hmm. or in, you know, gay relationships who were straight mm-hmm. and never really never considered it, never had a curiosity. And they met one person yeah. and it changed the whole thing. Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't feel bad about it because I ended up being happier than I thought mm-hmm. I could ever really be. Mm-hmm. So you never, you never know how things will go once you open yourself to stuff. And to me, and then we, we can jump into solutions right after this. I think, for me, we're doing a disservice to each other because we're not acknowledging the presence and truly acknowledging the brotherhood that is available for us, mm-hmm. that's right there for us, that we're not exchanging in. I'm going to let all you straight men know who will have some deep homophobia, who are always saying pause and no homo, oh, who are always who are afraid to associate themselves in any way, shape, or form with quote-unquote homosexuality. I will tell you here now, and you can look throughout history, and you can look throughout society as of today, but there are so many things that have some sense of homosexuality that is the reason why you are what you are, the reason why you can do certain things that you do. You love buying designer clothes. Imagine who designs them. You love... Who starts the trends? Who starts the trends? Who has the the words? A lot of the stuff that people do... 
is driven from gay culture. Yes. Like, these is the way they're putting these designers together. The fanny pack, I'm sorry, I'm going to say the gay man started that shit because they was, we've been rocking fanny packs for a year. <laughs> I had fanny pack all through college and people used to laugh at my little fanny pack. Yeah. And I'm like, but it keeps my shit. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, and it's leather. Yeah. And it's hitting. Yeah. And now you can't get rid of. Yeah. Now I want people to stop wearing and now, it. And, and, and you know how they, uh, made that heteronorm they gonna put it on around their yeah, right, oh, chest we gonna put it on, we gonna put it on our ass we gonna put it on our shoulder we gonna put it around our, uh, over our yeah. shoulder you know what I'm saying <laughs> uh, but I think that's the biggest issue that's the biggest problem and we're missing opportunities to build we're missing opportunities for us to get into each other and support each other because the things about the thing about it is how many of you did not wanna go and make that that gay man your lab partner because you were just like let me not do this when that man could have helped you get that damn hey <sighs> how many of you didn't didn't want to take didn't want to use didn't have want to have a gay doctor gay lawyer gay real estate agent some some great professions a lot of gay men have by the way <laughs> Um, I think yeah. it's the not having kids shit. They be, they be, they be paid driven. like a motherfucker. Doctorally driven. Doctorate like a motherfucker. But I think there's something to that. I think when you are a part of a doubly oppressed group, I think the pressure create like really makes you into a diamond you to be able to what? cut it's through anything. The same anything. thing is, you know, growing up as black, just as black people, we've always yeah. heard we had to be better. Yes. We had to be twice as great to get half as far. Exactly. And then think about that when you're a black gay person, you yeah. have to be four times as great to get half as far. Yeah. To get a quarter as far. Yeah. So a lot of times where we excel is because we feel like we have nobody but ourselves. Yeah. And we have to excel if we want to make it because nobody's going to give us a shot because nobody's looking at us at all, whether it be the black community, the straight community, white community, all these different communities we feel like are against us. So we like, at this point, we have to make our spaces. We have to make yes. our, this shit work yes. because nobody's giving us anything. But that right there is a lesson that should be learned because for damn sure, when it comes to getting certain things done, when it comes to supporting a specific thing, either artistically or not, you see, like, how many how many men do you see? Like, shit, you, once you get the gaze on your side, you really done popped. You done really made you know it. What, you done whatever, whatever. Thing. That, you know what? I watch... And that, that might be a gay thing, but whatever. I, <laughs> I watch Sex in the City a lot, and I remember there was an episode where Samantha... She was dating this guy, and she mm -hmm. was trying to make him a big That's the actor. blonde, right? That's the, the blonde, blonde one. It's sure. the one that's always about sex. Mm -hmm. So she was trying to make him a big actor, Yeah. and this was her boyfriend. And this particular, it was an ad where he was, like, shirtless for this vodka company. Yeah. And these little, these these young girls were, like, all over him, whatever. And she was like, okay, you're, you're making a name because the first come the, the girls. Then he went out somewhere, and this gay guy was hitting on him, and then a bunch of gay guys started hitting on him mm -hmm. at this restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And he was very uncomfortable about it. Yeah. But she was like, what you don't understand is she was like, first comes the girls, then comes the gays. <laughs> she was like, now you're really making it. Right after that, he got this huge endorsement deal. Yeah. And she was like, I told you, once the gay comes... Everything comes yeah. because these people have connects. Yeah. And I think that's what we're missing in the black community is you're ostracizing a whole group of people because I will say, and I'm not speaking for the group, but I know me as a black gay man, I feel a lot of times ostracized even out of in black spaces. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're pushing out potential allies to your cause that have connections yeah. that are kind of in the middle because I will say that white people look at us as 
look at black gay people sometimes as not as threatening as a straight black man. So a lot of times we get access to things that you'll see that that one black person in the office being a gay black man because they feel like they're not like, oh, okay, because he's gay, which is the same assumption that is wrong. Like he's a little softer than if we let, you know, a straight black man in here. So let's get him in here so we can get the color in here. And we we don't have to worry about we can check two boxes. We get the color, the gay, and we don't have to worry about somebody being overly aggressive because yeah, gay people, quote unquote, aren't aggressive. Mm-hmm. So do we have access to these spaces that some sometimes black people don't have access to. Exactly. But if you make somebody feel ostracized, why why are they going to reach their why hand? I'm gonna share. And a lot of times we do, do because we have this innate feeling in us to try to bring the next person up because we know how it feels to be doubly, have two boots on our neck rather than yeah. one. Yeah. But you also can't expect somebody to do it if constantly they're being told by the same community they're not wanted. Mm-hmm. So I'm not wanted, but now that I can get you a job, I want it. Now that I can, you know, push this bill forward into the Senate, I'm wanted. Now mm-hmm. that, you know, I have the ear of a few producers that I can get this movie out about, you know, black that's black driven, mm-hmm. black people, black cast, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden y'all want me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's because of that and because of just community building as a whole. We're not gonna make it cutting people out. Never. And if, and that's you can't not, cut anybody out. And, and, this is what we cannot afford it. Yeah, and this is why. This is why I'm talking to all y'all hoteps. I'm talking to all these folks who, <laughs> oh, who hotel. quote unquote, are conscious and have this inkling Shout or have this hotel. have this imagination that you know this uh, quote unquote, you know, the feminization of the black man is the reason why we're destruction of the nucleus family and this, that, and the third. And I was like, you know what? Also, is fucking us up. Is how many people are having children, not taking care of? Like, let's stop this. Let's and chill. let's talk about not even that. Let's talk about the gay uncles and aunts that are taking in these children. <laughs> That's the part that kills me. I always believe when they're like, oh, what is... I'm like, you know how many people I know for a fact that are like literally raising their nieces and nephews two and three at a time and they're gay black men, gay black women because the straight black people, the nucleus family wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. Exactly. And these are the same people y'all are saying y'all don't want. Yeah. Yet, they're the ones that still... Building these black, these yo- this younger black generation up and pushing yeah. them out to be, to be the next generation of black yeah. people out in the world making things work. Yeah, and happen. Yeah, we gotta we gotta kill that. We gotta kill that. But talk about solutions. I would love to, for you to start for any anything that you believe that you haven't seen done, don't see enough of, or whatever that is. And I'll give you I'll give you something that I think too. So I think the first thing we have to do as a, as just a people is mm-hmm. we have to get rid of assumptions. Yeah, I want uh, and I know it's harder said than done, but I really want people to take all of these pre assumptions they have about people, especially gay black people, and just throw it out your mind. Yeah, stop conforming to these ideas that the media is pushing, that your friends are pushing, that maybe saying they, they don't like black gay black people because they might be gay and black themselves, or they might mm-hmm. feel like, you know, that's deep down inside. So you have to really look at, one, you have to look at the source. Look at where you're getting this information from. Can I really trust you? Because you might really have some some self-driven motives yeah. that are causing you to say what you're saying and yeah. then I'm going to take it on yeah. not even knowing that this is a personal thing with you. Word. So I think assumptions, we have to throw those out the window, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to black people as a whole because at mm-hmm. this point in time, the way that everybody's against us, mm-hmm. we don't have the, we don't have the luxury of 
throwing anybody out. True. So the assumptions have to go. Um, I think the next big thing is accountability. We have to be accountable for each other and each other's actions that we feel like will hurt the next person. If you hear someone saying, no homo, yes, it is your job to step up and say, all right, that's not cool. And why? All right, that's not... Why, why do you feel like you need to... Ask the question, too. Why do you feel like, as a, as a straight black man, you have to say no homo to, like, credit the fact that you're not homosexual? If you're not homosexual, it it, it don't have to be said. I, and, and you're about to say something that is literally remotely probably not even a quote-unquote homosexual term or phrase. It's like... Because it could be hurt, because it has a double meaning. I've you want to preface say, it? No homo on the the things that I'm like that don't even sound. I yeah. don't even know how you could construe that to being yeah. homosexual. Yeah. What my pipes, my pipes fucked up. No homo. Right, because you're saying that to another man, you feel like you have to say no homo, and I'm like that balls out. No homo. Right, right. <laughs> I'm in my draws. No homo though. Yeah. What? Who? Like the fact you're saying it to another man, you feel like those are the things though that it's time. Like real allies. When I mean by real allies, I mean like people who are really going to be an ally. It's you. That's your moment to show that you're an ally and say you don't have to say that. Mm -hmm. It's not even about you being combative with anybody. You don't have to say that. You don't have to say no homo. Paul, like when people say sons of pause. Like I remember, um, Balar on Grapevine, he said something, and he was somebody else was like pause, and he was like. Ain't no pause. Oh, it was the vegan episode. Uh, and he said something about, I fall asleep with hot dogs in my mouth all the time because I love hot dogs. And somebody said, oh, pause. And he was like, no pause. I, I, I fall asleep with hot dogs, dogs in, in my, my mouth. mouth. Like, I like hot dogs. Yeah. So that's the moment when you can stand up and say, it's you know, it's not a pause moment. I, yeah. I said what I said. I know who I am. It's no reason for me yeah. to say pause. And it being top of mind is... A strange thing to look into yourself about. Like, look into yourself about look that. Look into Why do yourself. Do that? That's, we have to look at, I feel like at this point, we need to really be working towards strengthening our community. And the first thing is strengthening yourself. You can't mm-hmm. be a strength to others when you're not strong within yourself. Yeah. Strengthen yourself. Look in yourself and be a, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Because at this point, we're all grown. Word. You don't have to answer to nobody but yourself. Yeah. You may be scared of your parents, your religion, whatever, whatever. And that's all stuff that in time you could work out. But... Don't be afraid of looking at yourself, figuring things out. Yeah. And being like, this is how I want to move. You have to make those decisions for yourself. I agree. Um, we have to get rid of these social expectations. Um, we let media and social constructs, I think, decide a lot of how we move and, and how we operate. And we don't have to do that. Like, we just need to decide as a culture, as a black people, how we want to do things and then let them fall into line with us. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it all boils down to realizing this is your brother. I may be gay. I may be all these different things, but at the end of the day, I'm black. Yeah. So anything that happens to me is a reflection of you and is a reflection of the community. So we need to protect each other just off the strength of you're my black brother. Take yeah. the gay out of it. Yeah, the only thing, the only difference is we lay down with, with different people. Mm-hmm. But we may like the same things. You'll never know, though, because you're not asking me these questions. Yeah. We may like the same things. We may like to do the same things. Um, when I fall, you think it's a fall just for gay black men. It's actually a fall for black people because mm-hmm. when they look at it, they see it as a fall for all of us. Yeah. Not to me. This is your brother. Look at it like family does not have to agree. Yeah. On lifestyles, on anything, on beliefs. But when when the time comes mm-hmm. and it's time to rise up, family usually 
comes together yeah. and says, we ain't standing for this shit. We may argue amongst each other. But we ain't about to have this. But we ain't about to have you over here trying yeah. to trying to add no extra. Yeah. And that's how you have to look at it. At the end of the day, black gay men are straight black men, but we're all standing side by side in the same fight for this equality and for this thing that we just want, which is life, like yeah. a positive life. Yeah. I think um, two things, and we can wrap up. Uh, one is... Uh, I think a big way to shift paradigms is through language, through not just only kind of like the no homo pause is kind of literally ceasing, but also the um, the inclusion of thought, the inclusion of opinion. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to uh, talking about relationships, talking about certain things like don't cut out certain opinions, don't create things that are very, you know, just heteronormative as if this is truly this only binary way of living and these are the only people who need relationship advice and people who are going through certain things. And and I try my best to do that as well. Like, I remember when my Chivalry is, is uh, Chivalry Obsolete episode, um, I wish I could have had another guest um, on that time, but that was literally like my second episode. And I, But I wanted to talk to somebody and I talked to a few of my coworkers at that time about... How does chivalry work when you saying sex? Like, it, does it does it exist thing. at all, it or, or how does or how does it work? And I, I but I was, I just felt like that's a discussion I never just like heard. Your girlfriend may not be shit. My boyfriend ain't. Yeah, shit. that's why I said. Yeah, like, and I, but I think that's line, but that's why I think there. I think that that uh, inclusion of thought is I think uh, what's necessary. But um, and then lastly, I can wrap up is that. What I know, what I said earlier and what I still continue to say is that we have to see ourselves in the people who are just like us. And that is black men. That is black women. When things happen for black men, that is not a win for them. That is a win for us. When things happen to black women, that's not just a win for black women. And you just suffer such inspiration. It's a win for us us because you will. And I will tell you, you will regret this hard and very rigid bias and and homophobia that you possess because it's going it's going to get to a it's point of confliction it's going to get to a point to where the very thing you love and so been supporting oh damn <laughs> i don't found out my favorite this and my this that and the third but i can't live without shout it shout out to frank ocean Niggas was fucking with Frank Ocean real hard. And now niggas like... And then when he came out, they was like, uh... To double down. Half of these songs were about men. And and, and to double down on it, be like, look, Forrest Gump good for production, but that's the only reason why I listen to it. Right. Oh, my God. I don't be singing it at home. I changed the words. Like, my dude, it don't matter. We have to keep y'all. And that's what my whole point of this conversation was, is that if the saying of we are, quote, unquote, brothers keeper is a thing we have to see truly and truly keep our brothers and keep keeping our brothers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we have to do. That's something we must do. And that's on both sides. I don't want, I don't want yeah. to be like, this just like a, no, no, I, I think the responsibility is always. Gay black men have to realize too, you know, we have things we have to work on. We have to yeah. work on the fact that every straight man, you know, not everybody's curious. So yeah. some, I've seen people hit on people and I'm like that. He's straight. Yeah. Oh, he might. No, he's straight. Yeah. Leave him alone. Yeah. We have our own quarrels. We have to battle too. Yeah. We're very aware. And yeah. I want that to be said. Yeah. That we're very aware that there are things that we as a community do that make other people uncomfortable. But I think it's respecting those insecurities. Because and it's about discussing it. It's about discussing about the it. insecurities because it's like I think both 
both sides have a uh, in certain instances have a reasonable uh, sense of justification for why they do what they do. Very true. A lot of black men are just ignorant as hell to certain things, having done these certain things. And that's on them. You need to take, hold yourself accountable to those things. On the other side, you have the fact that there, there was a black man who caused this pain to you. Either being your father, cheated. either being, you know, these certain people. So you connect your you connect your, you know, your oppression to who it looks like. And I think there has to be a, a, a change within that for us mm-hmm. to truly build and for us to truly grow and for us to go apart. Because personally, I enjoy having a diverse group of friends. I enjoy being able to have somebody who's like, oh, you know what? You know what, Kendall? It's cool. We can talk about March Madness, but I'm about to go step over here to talk to Orlando about this uh, this new um, motherfucking shoe that came out or something like like I I love, like, I, I love that. To go to you know my gay clubs or gay yeah. Clubs. I be having a ball at I love hookah hookah lounges and we be going to compound for people that be in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I love fucking up with my straight friends too. Yes. Like homecoming, like yes, I like the difference. Yes, the, and the also difference. men, men understand straight men too. You need to get familiar. Because if you if you really trying to be out here looking for the one, looking for that joint, looking for Miss Wifey, looking for that good she got thing. A look, I'm Let just saying you, you being homophobic gonna fuck you up. Cause she I, gonna cause she gonna be like, oh, so you don't fuck you don't fuck with Tawan, you gotta go. Cause he not going nowhere. Exactly. This had, is my day one. All of my friends are bad, and I've had a few who have come across guys who were like, "Well, why is why is Juice around? Why is he like, you know, I don't really fuck with gay dude." And they're like, "Oh, really? Well, bye, bye." You know, so I'm telling you, get get with it. And I've had times where I've had straight friends come to me and say, "I really like your friend such and such." Like, what's up with her? And I and I've went and put my name on the line to be like, "You should go out with this nigga. He he cool." And don't fake it. For damn sure, don't put so up a front. Don't do none of that. <laughs> don't act. Don't act like it's cool. But but turn. But really talk shit behind the back. Mean your shit. And if anything, also admit it. Like allow. Don't don't avoid the first time you change. Don't avoid that first moment. You got to do something different. Like be honest and lean into it. Lean be like, I'm gonna it. keep it real with you. I've like always been like this. Like that's this, the like that. time for today. Lean into it. Lean into it, <laughs> and you have to get past yourself. And that's all I want everybody to do. So everyone who's listening to this, I want y'all to get past yourselves and get to know somebody else, and especially black men, get to know other black men. Reach out. You know what I'm saying? Reach that's out. all it is. That's all it is. But no, before you go, juice. Make sure you give all the peoples. How to follow you, how to support you, and all the things. Oh, great. This is great. So, my Facebook is Lawrence Juice Pears. Juice is not everything. Um, my Instagram is Juice, that's J U I C 3 underscore no chaser, N O C H A S 3 R. Yeah, you guys can follow me. I'm also on Grapevine, which is um, Grapevine on YouTube. Look up Grapevine TV. I'm on a few episodes there. Even the episodes I'm not on are amazing. Go check them shit so out. So just check it out, you guys. Yeah. And make Shout sure out. y'all check out this podcast and y'all tell y'all friends about it because it's amazing. I think it's raising awareness to our community. It's really needed. So make sure y'all passing this information on. Mm, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. But I'm so glad you did this. I'm glad I didn't like like get to an emotional point or anything like that. I'm glad you invited me. I really Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. Because for me, I genuinely, I genuinely, genuinely empathize with 
my gay brothers and sisters, you know, who are black, because I can only imagine having to hold the pressure of being black, but also having to almost kind of like, I love the fuck out of women. I love my girl. And I'll be damn. I'll be ready to fight <laughs> if I got to like acquiesce myself through life because of what I what I don't what I can't even control there's people like you that that are gonna push forward and have other people oh yeah in terms because this is it, that that's all that's all I think anybody is saying it's like why are you mad at me for who I like, like and who I love and like, why does it bother you so much like I let it go yes but this is where this is where it starts having these conversations between two opposite sides of the spectrum yes. and agreeing to some things, maybe not agreeing to others, I and agree. realizing that it's fine, but it's still out of love yep. and and positivity and light. I agree, I agree. But no, you can listen to Simply King Podcast everywhere podcasts are available from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to Google Play. Uh, I need to check on that iHeartMedia um, submission. I got to check to see if because I know some of y'all be doing that, but um. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Um, I'm really appreciate all the listens I'm getting and all the uh, just praises and all these different things. Make sure you share and review. You can follow me everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs, as well as support the uh, IG page at Simply King Pod to get any little updates, any cool little new uh, new episodes dropping. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss one. Um, this is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, Simply Being Humans. I'm Rodney Perry, also known as King. And this is Simply King. Peace. Just like a fool for the hoop ride, baby Drop top in the pool, bangin' two pop, baby Eyes on something real for